learn what shifted in Pedro's life and how this leadership coach turned into a financial educator for our community. Stay tuned. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, hola. ¿Qué tal? This is Jen Hemphill, your host. Now, we never know where life is going to take us, nor what we might find ourselves doing as a career. Have I ever told you I started off college as a biology major because I thought I wanted to become a dentist, but yet here we are, and I'm talking money instead. Today's guest is a leadership coach, but something along in his own financial journey led him to a calling in teaching financial education for our Latinx community. Let me tell you a little bit about Pedro Sanchez Jr. As a leadership and financial coach, he really lives the values of learn, live, and lead with the purpose of teaching strategies to help you create success in your life and finances. You're going to learn about that and more. So let's go meet Pedro. Bienvenido, Pedro. Qué gusto de tenerte aquí con nosotros. I am so excited to have you, Pedro, here with us. I can't wait to learn more about you. So welcome. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much, Jen. It's a privilege and an honor to be with you and your fellow listeners. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. So let's start at the beginning. Let's go back in time. So take us back in time to your upbringing, maybe when you're a little boy, any experience or lessons or multiple. It could be one or multiple that really have spoken to you, that really have impacted you even till today is around money. Yeah, Jen, I remember in my upbringing that money wasn't really talked about. I think we see that in, in the Latino culture. And, you know, we didn't talk about it too much or heard about it too much. The only thing we heard was this saying, and I'm talking about experience, was, otro Vilma, para eso se vive. Here's another bill for this we live. Right. So I would always look at people that had gained another level of experience, level of prosperity. And I always looked at them with eyes of possibilities and wonder and asked myself, can it be possible for me? Because everything around me was the opposite, not just the living conditions, but also the mindset condition. Everything was conditioned that we can't get ahead. Que no podemos, que la vida es simplemente para viles, viles y viles. It's only for pain bills, and that's all we're going to live through the rest of our lives. So that was my upbringing. Wow. So basically, it wasn't spoken about besides the bills. <laughs> and you're saying that in your upbringing, you learned that you couldn't get ahead in life, right? Or that it was hard. 
That's what that's it felt what it like. felt like. Okay. Yes, Were I, there any other examples besides the bills that made you feel that way? The surroundings, for example, I, I love basketball, right? So playing basketball, the surroundings was difficult growing up. You know, we didn't live in the in the best neighborhoods. We live in in the bad neighborhoods. So you know, seeing the surroundings, those friends, right? So as playing basketball, you seeing all the gang members and seeing you know, the drug addicts doing drugs right there in your face as you're a young kid and trying to find a better life, but you don't see that. And you can't even imagine that. I still remember, Jen, when one of our colleagues, you know, school colleagues, their parents bought a house. And for us, that was like something out of the ordinary, like something new. It was like, wow, this is possible. Get out of the projects and you could actually buy a home. I mean, for us, like, seeing a mansion, you know? So our surroundings, the mindset, the poverty mindset, the limiting mindset, se veía bien difícil salir de la realidad. It looked really difficult to get out of that mindset, for sure. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Holyoke, Massachusetts, in the Springfield, Mass area. Okay. ¿Y eres puertorriqueño? Sí, padre okay. puertorriqueño, yes. Perfect. Now, I want to talk to you, or I want to ask you about your family. You shared with me about your debt situation, that you were dealing with debt while living on one income. So if you could tell us a little bit about this journey, how you got out of this consumer debt on one income. So if you could just paint a picture for us, what that looked like, how long, what challenges, what triumphs, all of that. We want to hear it all. Thank you, Jen. Thank you for the great, great question. I, I think the journey has been very interesting. As we got married at a young age, you know, I got married at a young age of 19. And then we, we agreed, me and my wife agreed that, you know, we won't have any kids for a couple of years, really to understand each other, meet, you know, get to know each other a little, little bit more, as you know, as, as you're getting, when you're in, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend state, you really don't know people until you get married, right? And, and within that, we started, you know, studying. I started some theology and stuff like that. And then we said, you know what, let's agree on working on one income, one source of income. And we learned to live with that as we agreed on this. But we noticed that we were growing beyond that, right? Okay, we have one source of income. And all we're doing is going back to the original question, living at a limited mindset. So here's an interesting story. Jen, I think will encompass everything. You know, I asked my wife why we weren't paying certain things on time, right? Why are we paying things that are important to me and to us as, as a marriage with my bonuses, right? So I was in a company. They gave me bonuses every three months, right, to, to paint a picture. So we got every bi-weekly got paid, and then every three months we got a bonus. But I noticed that every bonus went to higher debt. And I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense to me. Why can't we just pay with our monthly budget? Right? That was my question to her, right? And what she said to me was really shocking. And I think this this can help a lot of people. The revelation, this is where everything changed for me and for us as a family. We had an agreement and she said this, Pedro, we had an agreement that you set up, and I, and I want to pronounce that you, right? We had an agreement that you said, she's speaking about me. You said, you make the money and I pay the bills. 
Tú haces el dinero y yo pago la factura, yo pago los biles, right? Well, that's what she said, and I was like shocked. I was like, yeah, that was our agreement. She said, no, 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 pay, no. that wasn't our agreement. That was your agreement, and I just agreed, <laughs> right? So unfortunately, Jen, in the beginning, honestly, I blamed her for it. I said, well, you're responsible for paying the bills and blah, 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 you know, but I'm an analytical person. I'm a forward thinker. So I did a self-assessment and I listened to the words of a wise woman, which is my wife. And she said, this is what you agreed for us to do. And I said, wait a minute. She said that I agree. That means she wasn't involved in the agreement, right? And after doing a self-assessment, praying on it, I had an aha moment. And I think this was going to help us all. The aha moment was, wait a minute, I never taught her how to manage money. And then digging deeper, I said to myself, wait a minute, Pedro, it's, it goes deeper than that. I can't teach her how to manage money until I learn how to manage it, until I live, live it, and lead it with results. So I have to first learn it, live it, and lead it with results. That's when I started learning about managing my finances and now coaching others as well. Once we started doing that, it took a three-year hiatus, three years of hard work agreement, a true agreement, Jen, to say the least, a true agreement. She agreed, she agreed this time, right? And we worked together as a marriage. And by then, I had a daughter. I have two kids. By then, I had my first daughter. And she was involved in the mixture. They were all involved in the decision-making on how to make and how to become debt-free of consumer debt. And at this time, all we owe is our, our main property. But that's it. We're completely debt-free out of consumer debt. I find this really interesting. And I thank you so much for sharing because I do want to speak about those values more in a minute. But let's go back to that decision to live on that one income because it didn't take the route that I thought it was going to take. <laughs> it didn't go in the direction. I was like, I think I know the answer to this question. Oh, surprise. it was completely <laughs> surprised. It was completely because we also as a family decided to live on one income. And for me, what that meant was we pay everything and save and invest on that one income. And then what I make is even more saving and investing. So I thought that's where the conversation was going. But from what I understood, you said was that you agreed to live on one income, but it was still a limiting mindset or a, a scarcity mindset, because you mentioned that you would use your bonuses, not your monthly income, but your bonuses to pay that extra debt or maybe save or whatever yep. that may be. So I found that really fascinating because I'm like, oh, I know where this conversation is going to know. You were still in the midst of discovering where you needed to go yes. once you decided we're going to live on one income, but it was literally living on that one income and just kind of making do. And then figuring out the rest is what I'm understanding. Am I right? Yes, 100%. 100%. You okay. know, my wife, you know, we decided that my wife won't work with what she was making back then. Wasn't a lot. And she felt that she was going to be a homemaker, right? And, and there's a lot of value there. That could be a different interview. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of value. Mm -hmm. And after assessing everything, 
oh my goodness, homemakers are heroes, okay? They're heroes. And I appreciate and honor those people that decide to do that. In a culture, you know, moms, you know, stay at the house, but and our intention wasn't that. Our intention was, I would love my wife to help build our kids, build a solid mm-hmm. foundation and be there for our kids when we have them. So we started the process early, but yes, in the midst of everything, we were trying to figure out how to work with the finances, how to work with the bonuses, how to really manage the inside home before investing in other things, right? How to really take an emotional intelligence of money and learn how to use the tool together so then together we could grow and be where we're at today. Right. And then I want to talk about those, your core values. It's learn, live, and lead. And it's in that order on purpose, (laughs) right? So it came from that conversation. So that aha moment, what your values became was from that conversation with your wife. And correct me, this is what I'm hearing. So if I get it wrong, by all means, just let me know. No hard feelings. So basically from what I've heard is that there was this conversation with your wife because previously you all had a conversation and it sounds like you had made the decision of that one income or you would work and she would pay the bills and she just agreed. There was no discussion. It was just like, this is how it's going to go. And she just graciously agreed. Yes. There was no mutual mutual agreement. (laughs) Right. So basically, later on the line, when you were like, why are things not going the way they should be? At that time, you were, la estabas culpando, I think is what I heard, or you felt like, okay, okay. You were blaming her, and then she reminded you, remember, you said, you work, and I pay the bills. And that's when you had the aha moment where you said, well, she needs to know about money management, which means... I need to know about how to manage the money. Exactly. That's where it started. So learning about management, living it, applying it, and leading it, teaching others. That's right. You got it. Love it. Yeah. So that's because I was really curious where that came from. Now I know the mystery (laughs) or where those core values came from for you. And, And we understand a little bit about what they mean to you. But is there anything in specific that you want to point out about those values, about learn, live and lead that I think that you think are really impactful and important for those listening, for them to take away something from those? What do they mean to you? Why are they important. Well, we'd love to, Jen. Thank you. And thank you for recapping that very well. That you, I mean, I'm glad you recapped that very well. I mean, I think that's an important piece. You know, becoming a leadership and financial coach, I think these three words are important because you cannot give what you don't have. You cannot give, provide, inform what you don't have. A lot of people like to do that, but without results. And that's where it gets dangerous, right? So as a teacher, as a speaker, I always, always, this is my intention, pure intention is I will never teach what I don't know. And it starts with my family. It starts at home, right? So the learning part of it, it means educate and grow personally. So the number one thing is for everyone that's listening, you got to educate yourself and grow personally. Don't go by what people are saying, tu mama, tu tia, tu primo, la noticia. No, no, educate yourself and learn. 
implement it, learn it, and then live it. That's the second one, right? Apply it to yourself and capture the results. Okay, I'm learning this. Let me fact check this. Let me fact check this with information implementation. Let me implement in me first to get the results, right? So I'm going to learn it. I'm going to implement it, get results. Is it working? Is it working for me? Is it working for my family? Now let me learn twice. Let me teach it. I don't want to just keep it to myself. Let me see if what I've learned and what I've applied really works. And that's what I did. I started teaching it, leading it, share with others the results to not just impact you, but impact others. So I started teaching my friends. Hey, I see that you're in debt. Hey, I I think you need some leadership management, leadership skills. Let me help you with this and see if it works. Let's try for a week. Let's try for two weeks. How do you know this, Pedro? I've been really testing this out in my life, in my family's life for the last two weeks, three weeks, the last three months that nobody has known, but I've really been testing this and it's working. I want to see if I could take some of the principles in a... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Adapt them to your life, to your scenarios. So now I learned twice. I learned by living it, learning it, and now I want to learn it again by teaching it. And that's what I can share with you, with your audience. This episode of Her Dinero Matters is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. For a long time, I thought McDonald's was all about tempting me with their fries. But October of 2010, things changed. New duty station, husband was deployed, and I was solo parenting my two boys with no family nearby. We found ourselves at the hospital with my oldest son, and as a mom, I had an impossible decision to make, but lucky for me, the Ronald McDonald House stepped in. They opened their doors for me and my toddler, which meant I didn't have to be so far apart from either of them during this hospital stay. That's when I learned McDonald's was more than the fries. They were about supporting communities. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, me encanta. I love that. Now, you mentioned you were a leadership coach first. So what led you? I think that's such a good compliment to what you're doing now with financial coaching. But what led you to decide, okay, I'm doing this leadership coaching. I want to get into financial coaching or I want to te- you know, provide financial education. What led you to that? Great, great question. I've been in leadership since I was 19 years old. So pretty much I'll say for 21 years, I've been married with my wife. I started in leadership in the church, local church. And then from there, I really went into leadership and, you know, really going to conferences. And I just got certified, you know, I'll say three or four years ago with John Maxwell as a leadership coach and trainer. Um, I really, really love seeing transformations in people. I really love to see the defy the mindset of people. Oh, I can't do that. Well, let's try it. Give me an opportunity to help you try that and help you guide you through that. And then when I started dealing with the finance, I said, wait a minute, unique principles that we all need in finances that leadership teaches me. And here are some. Discipline. 
consistency, being true to yourself, following through to your promises. We take some of the leadership principles and we're like, wait a minute, if I do that with finances, I can become debt free, right? So you hit it right in the nail. They go hand in hand without leadership discipline, you cannot have success in finances. And that's how I, I match them together. I said, wait a minute, this is a, a nice marriage, <laughs> you know? The leadership skills that I have, I can implement into teaching while I'm coaching people the foundation so they can start changing their habits and be fruitful. And the results are in removing debt, becoming financially wealthy. Love it. So it's basically you got into financial coaching because, well, one, your situation of what you've learned, the aha moment, the conversation with your wife, and then the other aha moment of you realizing of what you already did with leadership coaching and how well it complemented what you needed to do in terms of transforming your financial life. That's correct. Love it. Now, one of your priorities, you do financial education but one of your priorities is doing it in Espanol for our comunidad. So you told us how the financial education piece, how you came into financial coaching, but how did you decide, I'm going to prioritize our comunidad? How did this come about? Another great question, Jen. I mean, I'm, love, I'm loving this interview. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, with, with God's grace, I'm able to teach in both languages, right? And I think just to close up the previous question, you know, of leadership and finances. I'm an engineer by trade. So I think those two, you know, that really also helped me find these two gems, put them together, uh, forward thinker, analytical, and all, and all that good stuff. So, you know, what brought me into focusing on the Latino community is seeing the hardship that we face. I put myself in the shoes of, wait a minute, I came from there. I know how it feels, the mindset that we grow with, the lack of relationships that we don't have. So I become really passionate to let all my Latinos know that we don't have to be limited to our mindsets. If not to allow ourselves to grow, be challenged, challenge our belief system and be open to relationships. I think these are the greatest things that we can learn as Latinos if we do this, we could change our lives. We could change our end results, right? We could have great joy and find fulfillment again. And I noticed that I connected with the Latino community when I do my speaking engagement. And when, when I had the opportunity to speak at my local church, I was noticing that I connected with them and they connected with me. Mm. And I said, well, let me focus on this because everybody focuses on the English market we have a lot of people in the English market. I could do it in the English market. But I said, wait a minute. Let me go with my heart is telling me, and I know where the most need is. And I will always love to go where the need is. And that's where my heart went towards, right? Success in Espanol. Let's get our Espanol, our Latinos, nuestra gente, a tener éxito en lo que ellos jamás han pensado tener. Let's have our Latino community you know, be fruitful and succeed in the wildest dreams that they may say, I can never achieve that. I can never do that. You know, and, and then from there, Jen, during the pandemic, a lot of people regressed. During the pandemic, a lot of people decided to not do much, you know, and, and everybody has the reasons. Everybody has, you know, 
a lot of people got affected by it, you know, a lot of people. But my mindset was, there's a pandemic, I'm staying home, I'm working from home. Now is opportunity to finalize the 21 day devotional book for my Latino people. So in the pandemic, I was working on the book, I was working on the financial coaching online course that I created, all in Spanish. Para mi gente Latina, que amo tanto, right? And all the people in English that knew I could do it for the second generation, third generation of Spanish, they were like, Pedro, pero por qué? Why you did this to us? I said, well, let me first focus on our Latinos that speak pure Spanish because I want to put them first because they're usually second, third, fourth in the list of priority. I want to make them feel that in my world, in my community, they are first. That's why I did this in Spanish first. I love it. And what do you see, because I, I would love to compare notes, what do you see are the biggest challenges in our comunidad when it comes to finances, when it comes to could be financial education? Obviously, you already mentioned that Latinos in general, I mean, I think a certain segment of Latinos, yes. not necessarily, yeah, 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 right? Not all, yeah. Come mm -hmm. second. So what do you feel are those biggest challenges in our comunidad? Again, financial education related and financial leap. Related. We're looking, getting deeper into in the community. I don't think I've mentioned this. You know, I became a campus pastor for our English sector in our church two and a half years ago. And so, so doing, you know, the community work and doing the counseling and, and really getting deeper into the Latino community, this encompasses both financial and leadership, right? Both overall community. The challenges that I see in nuestra comunidad, in our community, is the willingness to admit that we don't know and that we need help. I see that as one of the biggest challenges in the Latino community, which is willingness to admit that we don't know and asking- El help. orgullo. Por ahí voy, por ahí voy. The other challenge is, is shamefulness, la vergüenza, right? Having shame, shamefulness, I don't know, so la vergüenza, oh, I messed up. I got really deep into that, even though they told me not to. I feel shameful because of that decision, right? Or other decisions that, that we may not mention here. And pridefulness, you mentioned it, orgullo. Man, our Latinos, man, they have this big problem. They don't want people to tell them what to do or, or give them feedback or give them guidance, right? But the reality is the question that I always ask, Jen, to the people that I see that are pridefulness intentionally, not intentionally, subconsciously, they don't even know they're doing it, is asking this question, what you've been doing, has it worked? Right. Has it worked? You've been struggling for so long. Has it worked? If they say no, I say, okay, so now it's time to have at least a little bit of humility and let's try this for a week and see if you at least start seeing results, right? So that's, that's a question I always tell them when, when I see the pridefulness area. Another one I think is, is a big one we talked about is limited beliefs. Mm -hmm. You know, creencia limitantes. A huge one that we talked about in relationships, but here's a deeper, deeper point on relationships is trusting again. Confiar mm -hmm. otra vez. Trusting in somebody. The biggest asset for us as people is relationships. You know, yes, probably a relationship did you wrong. Yes, probably a relationship failed you. But you know what? Relationship will also pull you up and bring you up and give you opportunities. So don't let the setback of a relationship 
not allow you to have a great victory with others. Right. So that's a big one that I see, Jen. I'm taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you. This show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything if you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to, share with a friend, and give us a quick and honest review. Gracias y te mando muchos abrazos. And I want to ask this question, and this may be a sensitive question. Being in your space, because you're also a leader in the church, one of the things that I see in our comunidad is that we're very faith-based, right? We, our religion, our faith is important to us. And with the people I work with, mi familia, it's always about lo que Dios quiera. Este dicho, lo que Dios quiera. And I want to hear your thoughts, because you're a leader in a church. I want to hear your thoughts about that because I feel like, yes, I respect people, whether they decide to have their faith in whatever. I respect that. But I also feel having some belief in something is important, but I also think you need to take action, right? So it's not all belief, but also action. So I wanted to know how you, with your role, how do you counsel, coach, lead people to not just leave it up to si Dios quiere, but also up to them. Does that make sense? So I don't know how it sense, but I'm like, I'm just going to throw it. I'm just curious about it. That's a phenomenal, Jen, phenomenal, phenomenal question. Because you know what? That's one I missed here. Well, that's one of our biggest challenges too, is that using that term lightly, too loose, right? Como Dios quiera. I believe with the, the assessments in, in, in my role, that a lot of people use that as a cap out for not being responsible, okay? God tells us in his word, God, the eternal, the higher power, however you want to call him, that we need to be responsible, right? It also teaches in the great old book that I call the Bible that if you're in debt, you are a slave to the lender, mm-hmm. right? So we need to be responsible, right? So we use our current state, our current mindset, limited beliefs, and use a term como Dios quiera, like God wants, because we don't want to come to realization that we need to change. Mm-hmm. Y Dios no quiere que tú estés así. God doesn't want you to be like that. A verse that I use in the Bible, and you know, people could use a different, have different quotes, is Dios quiere que tú prospere como prospera tu alma. God wants you to prosper how your soul prospers. Now listen. It's interesting, Jen, because it says he wants you to prosper how your soul prospers. In other words, it's an introspective. You have to prosper first in the internal. Be joyful. Love yourself. Love others. Be grateful. Change your mindset. Change your belief system. Now when you start changing from the inside, and now you're going to start seeing the world differently, right? And that's how God wants you to prosper, right? right? There's a lot of things that he wants us to do, but at the end, he wants you to be joyful, fulfilled, Right. And I used the justification of como Dios quiera, like if humility is being poor. That's how they, they treat it. That's what they taught us growing up. Así crecí. Así crecí. Así crecí. Mira, que ser rico. Tú sabes, tú no sabes lo que está haciendo. So we always looked at people that were wealthy, let it be 100 figures, 200 figures or more, right? Even $60,000 or more. Like 
they're doing something wrong. And if you think that big, God is going to set you apart and you can't be part of the godly family. And that's a total lie, total mm. lie, right? Total wrong mindset. So como Dios quiera, gente, to answer your question, I think it's a cap out to not be responsible. And if it's the first time you hear that, I want to say it with love. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want you to be in your current state. Right. Like God wants that your soul prospers with gratefulness, joyfulness, to love your family, to love yourself over all things. When you look at your mirror in the morning, and when you see yourself, you can say, I love the person in the mirror. Right. Absolutely. Start prospering in other areas, educationally, professionally, relationally. There's seven areas that I believe that God wants you to prosper in. And financially, and relationally, and personally, it's one of the threes, right? Right. So hopefully that answers your question. Great, great question. Well, thank you for answering. I was like, I'm just going to ask it. <laughs> Let me just ask it. It's on my mind. So, Pedro, this has been fantastic. I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you're doing in your community, also in our community as well. So thank you so much for being the leader that you are for everything that you're doing and sharing everything that you shared with us today. Thank you, Jen, for the opportunity. Thank you for, you know, connecting me to your community and we'd love to stay connected and I know we will. So thank you very much. Absolutely. ¿Qué pensaste? I love learning about Pedro's journey. It is incredible how much our financial journey impacts our life, right? I'm curious to know and for you to reflect what changes have you seen as a result of your financial journey that have been inesperados or completely unexpected. You can connect with Pedro on Instagram and you just search for, but I will have the link in the show notes to make it easier on you. You look for P. Sanchez Jr. 1. But again, I will have that link in the show notes so you can connect with him and follow him and learn about all the great things that he is doing. The other thing that I love learning about Pedro was his core values of learn, live, lead, and how it has showed up in his life. And I suggest you to take a moment to reflect on this. And a great way to do this is with my daily dinero ritual, which you can grab for free at jenhemphill.com forward slash ritual. Next week, it's Thanksgiving already. And I have a special mini episode for the occasion for you to reflect, grow, and be more abundant with your dinero. That is it for today. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast, choosing this episode. You can check out the show notes at jenhemphill.com forward slash 288. Remember, we have timestamps to make it easier so you can go directly to the place you want to re-listen to. Also remember that being the reina of your money starts now at this moment simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.